Well, good morning, Identity Church. I will, I will tell you that, you know, Valentine's Day is upon us. How many people's got their sweets and sweets? How, you, you guys went out and bought all the stuff. Uh, Heather and I are on a diet. I was kind of mentioning that a little bit before. And we probably were the worst off probably yesterday when we were in quite some time or for the last month or so. So we're not buying sweets for each other. We've bought them for our kids. But, um, you know, as I've been going through this, you know, going through what the Lord's been putting on my heart, it was just kind of proper to call this message the real Valentine. And, you know, I, I know that there's a lot of people, I'm one of them, that believe that it was a Hallmark-created holiday to sell cards, right? But, you know, at the end of the day, it still gives us an idea of who your love is. I mean, it's supposed to be a point in time. Valentine's Day, you know, to lots of people is I just get candy. You know, for the guys, it's work. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about that. It's, oh, I got to figure out what I'm going to do this year. But do you know that in every single opportunity that we get with our family, with our friends, that we should have moments of where we show gratitude where we show our love. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is that we need to understand who was our real Valentine? Who was our first love? Because I think a lot of times, and, and I looking around, maybe there's some people watching us or whatever, listening to us on podcasts that are not saved. But if you're saved, we have a first love. And, and you may think, well, before I got saved, I actually met my spouse and I, I had that love. But see, the thing is, is that you didn't have the God kind of love. See, and that's what we're going to talk about today a little bit, is that the God kind of love is the kind of love that chooses. It's the kind of love. We've, we've talked about this. Amy likes to make fun of me all the time, uh, talking about the, you know, because I use the word smorgasbord. You know, I, I like it because it's a feast. Right? It's a lot of different things. But in our lives, we have the ability to choose everything. We choose our, where we're going to go to eat. We choose our spouse. We choose our jobs. We choose everything. And you may be thinking, well, that doesn't sound like love. And the answer is, is it's not. Just because you make a choice doesn't mean that it's love. Sometimes it is lust. I mean, we've, we've got the Eros kind of love. We've got the, the Phileo kind of love, which is the brotherly love. And the Eros kind of love is like the lusting kind of love. But when we make a choice based upon God, then we're living in the God kind of love. And that kind of love takes the other loves and says, even though I would rather go towards the lustful kind or the brotherly love this time around, I'm going to go back towards God's kind of love. And see, what, we've, what we're going to see here in just a second is that there are so many people that, especially Christians, or it's mainly Christians, that they get into this kind of love and then they lose that love because they start getting into the, the work side. It's the, I got to go buy her a, box of candy and I got to go buy her, you know, flowers. And well, the thing is, is that when we start just making it about the things, 
And that can even happen with God, that when we make it about the things, then we truly are not in that first love. In fact, in Revelations 2, 1 through 4, Jesus is talking, and he's talking about the church at Ephesus. And it says, To the angel of the church at Ephesus write, These things, uh, these things say, He who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those things uh, who is, or bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say that they are apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. These people are doing some amazing things for God. These people are, are going by the word. They are out there. They're feeding people. They've got the, the widows. They, I mean, they're doing all of the things that they're supposed to be doing. I mean, how many people go, well, I feel like I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing for God. Okay, I got no hands on that. But okay, but to me, I, I sit around all the time and I go, okay, Lord, you told me to, to start the church and you told me to go talk to these people and you told me to go do all these things. I, I'm, I'm doing everything that you told me to do, right? Well, how many people know that... Um, that's not a great relationship if, if all I'm doing is what I'm told. Then next thing, I, I, I take it into like this. I, I work for Southern Company, so I have people who work for me. And I got people who are doers and I got people who are taskers. Okay? The doers, I never have to talk to them about what to do. Unless there's a problem and I have to go, hey, I'm going to go put my doer on it. But the task people are sitting around doing this. What do I do next? When somebody sends me something, that's when I'm going to work. Well, that is exactly where we're at sometimes with the Lord. Is that we're constantly waiting for the Lord to tell us what to do next. Where do I go next? What should I be doing, Father? And see, this is the problem that the Ephesian church had. It says in verse 3, And you have preserved and have patience and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Now, I'm going to tell you, if I had read all of that, I would have said, I would have said, who, who loves more, the people in the Ephesian church or some of the other churches that he just flat out just steamrolled? Everybody would have went, the Ephesian church, he loves they love. They're doing all the things that they're supposed to be doing. Well, do you know that in all of those aspects, the Ephesian church was sitting there going, I have an obligation to do something rather than I want to do something. In fact, I actually put this, this verses up here. It was like, be my Valentine's on the left. So I get to love. It's like, you know, my wife down here, I get to love her. I don't have to go and do stuff for her. You know, I, I'm, I'm not sitting there going, oh my gosh, I got to go buy her something for Valentine's Day. Do you know that then in every aspect of my love with my wife, it is, I get to do this. 
I mean, there are times where it's like she goes, you know, take out the trash or we got to go, we got to go do something. And I was really just wanting to sit on the couch that I have to go, okay, I got to struggle through that. But that was not because of my love. It was because I had to go do stuff. So I wasn't trying to impress her, I guess is the point. See, that's the thing is that I got to love is Valentine's Day. Oh, I got to go and show her I love her. How many people know that that's not going to be a good relationship at all? Well, you know what? That's what we do with God. You know, I, I sometimes get up, I mean, just like everybody else, and there's people that didn't come this morning. Well, there's people in churches all over America that didn't show up this morning. Well, I guess, I guess in a lot of ways, I, you know, there's been mornings where I've, I've got up and said, I don't want to go this morning. And there are some mornings I've gotten up and I was like, I've got to go. I've got to go. You know that I did, I can either do something in my heart out of love or I can do something out of obligation. And you know, in a lot of ways, I know that, I know that this right here is sounding like that I'm telling everybody that if you don't want to come, don't come. But my point being is that we should want to do the things of God because we love Him. Not because we are obligated to do it. You know, I've actually talked to people. I, this is not a, I'm not downing any big churches. We have a mega church here that's the biggest in the world probably. But there are people that go there and I've talked to them and they go, well, the reason why we go at this certain time is they got five services that I can go to. I just pick one of them and it's less than 45 minutes. We're in and we're out. Now, was that out of love or was that, I got to go to church, so I'm going to go to the one that gives me all the options. It's the fast food, you know, it's the, I'm going and I get 45 minutes. They, they play one or two songs. We go out there. I hear a 15, 20 minute message and I got my free coffee and I went out the back door. Now, is that, am I saying that, that, that is wrong? The answer is no, that is not wrong. What would be wrong is where was your heart when you decided to go to that service? You know, I I think about this church plant that we're doing right now. And we've been in this building for a little over a year. Do you know this is hard? We went to, to Brad and Selena's 25th wedding anniversary. So Pastor Brad came and he preached a couple weeks ago. Do you know that? We were in their, their church facility. They, they bought a church facility about the time that we got this building. And they got an awesome deal. It's great. Well, I was one of the co-pastors for that particular church. Do you know that in the three years, three or four years that we did that ministry with them, we would come in and there would be less people that is in here. And we would be sitting there going, well, do we just want to shut it down? Do we still want to preach? Do we? And we were talking about that last night. You know, I, I, I think about those days because I think to myself, am I doing something for the right reasons or am I doing it because I'm obligated to do it? And you know, that was one of the things I, I, I learned from Pastor Brad and, and Selena was that, is that they did everything in love. It was 
I love God and I'm doing whatever I'm doing for God because I love Him. And it's because I'm doing what I know that I'm supposed to be doing. Well, the same thing is that, and I think this is the problem we have in our society, is that when it gets hard, we start going, well, it must not be God. Oh, I'm going to say it again. I, don't crucify me, okay? I'm just the messenger. But there's a lot of people that they believe when it gets hard, well, God must not be in that. You know, what, four years, five years ago, we started that church and, and you know, that's now Life of Faith North. And 2017. And do you know that they have over 20 plus people? Young people are running around. I mean, they're, they're doing... They're doing the work of the ministry. I'm seeing them grow and grow and grow. Do you know that they were, we went through the hard times and some of the things that people said, well, you're just obligated to do it. But do you know that the more and more we got into it with them, that I started seeing the love of God and that's what just brought people's hearts. That's what brought people in was that it was not, well, I just feel obligated to come and do it. No, it was that the love of God, the choosing to love God and to do the things that God has done, that's what started making, the, making things be more exciting. You wanted to get up and you wanted to do it. And see, that's what I think Jesus was trying to, to point out about the, the, the church at Ephesus was that they had had, they had, had perseverance they had had patience and they had labored for his namesake. And Jesus was like saying, I'm not asking you to labor. I'm asking you to love. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you that this is, this is one of the hardest things that I ever had to learn. Because I have an American idea about what love is. Or I had one. But do you know that if I was in a third world country, let's go to a grass hut in Africa, okay? Now, how many people know that there's no air conditioning in the grass huts in Africa, okay? How many people knows that they go and it takes them all day long to make one meal? One meal, okay? They go through all of their day just trying to survive, and, you know, I've talked to people like uh, Audra that she's going back to Africa in a couple weeks. Do you know that they love God in the midst of the hardest things? They go and do for God, not because they're laboring. They find it to be easy. Ooh, I get so much more from God than I ever could put back in. You know why it's kind of hard is because in America we go, well, my air conditioner is not good or, or I, I didn't have a good week. Somebody, somebody said something negative to me this week. Do you know that a lot of times we labor through and we even teach this in churches. I've actually been in church services. It was like you just have to power through and show the love of God even when you don't want to show it. And you're sitting there going, well, where was the heart in that? Where was the belief in that? 
man, I didn't want this to be hard. I wanted this to be kind of light. But I, I, can, I feel that there's some people that I'm challenging a, a concept of an Americanized love. See, the God kind of love is the love that chooses to love even though it's unlovable. You know, that whole smorgasbord, you know, agape is the words. So every time you say love today, all the words are going to be this Greek word, agape. It means charity. It's a love feast. It's a smorgasbord. It's a choice. And this is one of the things that you have to you have to understand is that if I have a, a smorgasbord out here, now how many people know if I've got a salad in the middle of the table and I got all these meat products out here, who, who's going to choose the salad over the meat? Anybody? There may be a couple, but I'm going to tell you what, that's what my food eats. So I'm going to, I'm going to go choose my food, which is an animal product. Okay. That's what choice is is that I get to choose something. That's why a feast is the perfect idea for this. The smorgasbord. It's because I get to choose what I wanted to choose. Well, you know what? God looked at all of us and he chose us. See, that's a kind of love that most people can't get their mind that's the kind of love that they don't understand because it's like, well, why in the world would they choose Dusty? You know, I was talking to Al last week. We had our, our fellowship and Al was talking about his past and talking about some of the other things that was going on. And I was talking to Al and I said, I said, he, he made a comment. Well, you know, people like me. And I said, no, people like me. Do you know that none of y'all were good enough? You know, have you ever been to a restaurant you couldn't find one thing on the on the menu that you liked? I, I, I've been to many of those kind of restaurants. Do you know that it's really bad when you paid for a buffet and you go in there and everything's awful, right? Well, do you know that as you go along, you start having to make choices, you know what? God just said, I loved you anyway. I didn't make you because I didn't I didn't I didn't make this choice because you were lovely or you were my flavor. Because he was wholly different than we were. And so God asked us to be his Valentine. He came in and said, I want to make you my Valentine because I know that what I'm going to do is going to make you love me. All right, I'm going to move on. But we have to understand the difference between the labor of love and between living in love. And right here, the labor of love, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, everybody loves these verses. They think, man, this is the greatest thing. I can, I can abide by all these. And the answer is, no, this is work. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is work. And that's what we need to understand. So 1 Corinthians 13, 3, and it says, Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I have given my body to be burned, but hath not love, it profits me nothing. And then it goes into the things that love is and the, love, and the things that it does not. And there's two areas here. 
You have to understand the thing that love does and you have to think of the things that it, it's not. And so it says here, love is patient, is kind. Okay? I want you to understand this. And I went back and I did a Greek study on this. This is one sentence. Everybody wants to go, love is patient, love is kind. Well, they're not two things. Love is patient and patience is kindness. Now, you may go, well, why are you making a big deal about that? Well, a lot of times we go around and we're trying to figure out how to have kindness towards people, but we don't understand how to have patience with people. And them being the same thing, now I get to go work on one. See, I find that people who are kind but not patient, they're syrupy sweet on the outside. Have you ever met anybody that was like this and it was like, Vicky, I'm just going to... Oh, your hair looks good today. Oh, everything's great. I'm just being kind to you. And then it's like the moment Vicky starts talking to me, I go, oh, I got to go do something else. Do you know that, that that's not choosing someone? That's choosing to put on a facade. See, the work comes in is whether or not, like me and Vicky, we both work in, in the computer world. She does one thing and I do a different thing, but we have a lot of the same interests and I've had conversations with her. But do you know that I've met people, I don't go hunting. You know, I, met, I meet all these people and I go talking to them and they'll talk to me about, well, I saw this book and he came out of the woods and he had the spikes and he did blah, blah, blah. And he goes through it and I go, man, that was pretty big. That was awesome. You know, and I'm sitting there and I'm struggling because I don't hunt. And you may go, well, Dusty, you're, you're just being nice. You're being kind. Well, yeah, because I'm having patience. I decided to learn something because I'll ask them questions. Because I want to get to know them and what makes them tick. See, kindness is to have patience enough to get to know somebody. And that is work. By the way, if you keep hearing a knocking, uh, it's the building. the building is expanding and, and contracting because of the cold. So if you, yeah, it, it's, it's, so we hear a, a bunk, a bunk, a bunk. So I don't know if it's showing up on all the stuff. I know several people have looked around. It, it won't fall in. I've been in here a lot. But, you know, what I want you to understand, though, is that patience and kindness being the same thing now I get to go, well, I don't have to put on the syrupy sweet facade to be kind. All I have to do is I have to go, I'm going to be patient enough to get to know people at a core level. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. See, I think that if we went, and that's why people overseas hate Americans is because we're really good at that, you know, we're, we're syrupy sweet and we'll, we'll smile at you. And they're like, but you gave me nothing. You know, a lot of people look at, at people who are fake and you know why they think they're fake is because they're syrupy sweet. They did not have patience enough to actually get to know you. They were just really good at being able to blow you off in a really nice way. So true love, it requires kindness, which equals patience. And it says Love does not envy. 
So this love, it doesn't, it doesn't go around going, well, what did you get? Why didn't I get it? See, I've found a lot of people that they'll be kind. Oh, I want to find out more about this. Well, they're really trying to find out more because they're wanting the same thing. You know, I, I took a marketing class years ago, and one of the things in the marketing class was that people would come along and they would go, they would go, go find out how they did it. Well, I was in this class and I said, okay, well, I'm going to go call up the person that I want to go find out how they did it. Do you know that I got turned down every single time, every single time? No one wanted to talk to me. Nobody wanted to get with me. Do you know why? It's because they were going, all you want to do is just pick my brain and get all of my information. You don't want to know me. You don't want to know what it took to get this. You don't want to know all of the things that I had to go through. All you want to know is the top 10 things that I need to add to my repertoire in order to make this thing work. Well, you know what? I went back to one of my teachers and, I, and the teacher goes, yeah, we taught that and you do need to go find these people and you need to like get a relationship with them. And I was like, well, why didn't you put that in the class? You know why? Because we have a fast food mentality in America. We don't give of ourselves and then receive. You know what Matthew say to us? Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give unto your bosom with the same measure that ye meet shall be measured back to you again. So if I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to know Heather. I'm, I'm going to give her something about myself and she's going to give me something about herself. That's called dating. Well, what we do is we look at all the other people that are out here in the world and we go out and we just, we're going to hit them with Jesus right in the face. How many people know that everybody in America has heard the name of Jesus? There's nobody sitting under a rock going, I've never heard Jesus. Tell me about Jesus. You know, everybody's heard about Jesus, but nobody's heard about who he is in you. Ooh. Do you know that if people got to see Jesus in you, then you don't even have to tell them about Jesus. Because Jesus just exudes out of the people that are just filled with him. I'm going to say that again. If you show the Jesus inside of you by being patient and by having a relationship, then guess what? Jesus is just going to come out. But a lot of times we walk around and we, we hand out the track cards and stuff like that. And there's nothing wrong with them. I think that, that a lot of times that works. In fact, I actually find that there's people who are anointed to do that. I've never been. I go and I hand people a card and they look at it like it's like I just handed them trash. Like, what, what is this? Do you know that the most I've ever gotten people saved, and it's been several people where it's like one-on-one, -on -one, it's I talked to them and I gave them a piece of myself and they gave them, my, they gave them a piece back to me. Do you know that when we... Pressed down, shaking together, running over, given to men's bosoms, given to their heart, then they start believing in you.
Well, now, now I start having trust for whatever comes out of my mouth doesn't sound crazy. See, that's the, that's the true mode of the gospel is that we, we go and we show Jesus in every single way. Because people know the outward aspect of who Jesus is. Oh yeah, he was the guy in the Bible and he, he died on the cross. And you know, well, what does that matter to them? See, I think it was a whole lot easier for the disciples because they go into a place and they never heard of Jesus. They go walking in and people will be like, well, hey, I'm okay with religious stuff. Tell me about this God that you're talking about. And then the moment that they start talking to him, they go, there was an actual God that came to earth, became man, and he died for your sins and he doesn't require anything but just believing in him. Do you know that that would be to some people who are having to sacrifice their children? I mean, there was a lot of these societies was like, well, you have to sacrifice your, your animals. You have to sacrifice things that you have in your house. There's even some of them that was like, you got to sacrifice one of your kids. Do you know that if I'd been living in that kind of environment, I could just be walking down the street and somebody start screaming, Jesus is Lord, he died for your sins. And I would probably turn around and said, you need to tell me more about this. You know, in America, we've heard that over and over and over again. And the problem is, is that every time we go and we tell somebody just the, the five minute gospel. By the way, it's probably like 30 seconds because they're, okay, give me that, I'll read it and they move on. You know, in America, you can't witness like that. People don't understand who Jesus is unless they see him in you. It's just truth. And so this is one of those things where, where we should not envy to go and talk to people. Like I'm just trying to covet your, I'm trying to notch my, I'm trying to notch my little uh, gospel post that says I got more and more people saved. You know what? The notch is going to come, but it's going to come through relationship. And it says here, it says, uh, does not envy, love does not parade itself. So it doesn't require having some sort of self-worth party. How many people you know that are running around and they're telling you about all their exploits? I mean, I find this all the time in my work. People come back and go, well, I did that better. I was I was doing the cybersecurity. Uh, I'm giving you some. I'm I'm parading myself for a second. So there there was this, you know, there was this. I was doing the cybersecurity thing on Tuesday down at Auburn University for the Alabama uh, DCOE. They're the cyber arm of the Alabama Guard. So I'm down there. I'm giving my presentation. And I'm talking about GridX to one or two of the guys because they're going to come and help us with GridX. The moment that I started talking, because they asked me, they said, well, what do you need? And I'm telling them what we would need. And the, one of the guys goes, we did that. We did that. Oh, let me tell you how we did it. We did it really good. And I'm sitting there going, great. I, I want to hear about it. I want to do that. But it was like the moment I started to get something out of my mouth, it was like, I, I, I did it better. Oh, it, it, it was so much better than what you're talking about right there. Oh, so much better. Do you know that I don't fault the guy, but 
you know, at the end of the day, I couldn't get anything out. It was incoherent. It was incohesive. And you know that when I'm parading, trying to get people to, to understand my credentials, I mean, I, I had a, a friend of mine, well, it was an acquaintance, and we would be sitting there talking about the word. And all of a sudden, he would just go, well, that's why I go to the Love Lady Center and I do this. And I go, what was that about? We're talking about something in the word and your retort is, I, I do stuff for the Lord. Now, I don't want to get into too much of details, but those are the kind of things that you're sitting there going, it's the shut up juice. Have you ever been in an argument with somebody and they, they give you the, they're trying to find the, your baby's ugly moment to shut you up? We're going to change the subject right now because I feel like I'm losing this and I'm going to get us on something else. And see, that's what I think that happens as we go and we parade ourselves because we're looking for somebody to go, you're it. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to do this, but you're actually better at this. I think, I think most people have that sense of, I want people to know how good I am. All right, I'm going to move on. It's not puffed up. It means that I don't think more highly of myself than I ought to think. Okay, that can work in two different ways. Remember, it, we use this scripture in Romans 12 where it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then it says in verse 3, it says, and don't be more highly thought of yourself because every man has the measure of faith. Do you know that a lot of times we find this both in the Christian world and we find this in the world. So people will go, yep, I'm really good. And you're going, no, your goodness can never buy you anything. You need Jesus. Okay, but then on the other side, well, let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. You know, that there's a balance between all of this. And what the balance is, is that love says, if I'm going to give you information, if I'm going to give you my credentials, it's because I want you to know me and who I am. Not that I'm better than you are. And see, that's the difference between being puffed up and being informative is because if the first thing is, is that let's just say, let's just say Sonia over here, she decided to tell me about all her credentials because we're having a conversation and it, and it lines up with the conversation. And then all of a sudden I, I, she's got, let's just say that she's got it in, you know, your husband was a builder, right? So it was like, Oh, I got this certification. I've done these things because we're talking about building something would well, be one thing. Cause I have a CISSP, it's a certified information system security uh, professional. Uh, I went and took a test. So it would be one thing if, if Sonia goes, well, yeah, we got these certifications. We could build that house. We could do whatever. And then I turn around and go, well, Sonia, I have a CISSP, and, um, you know, uh, I'm pretty important too. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at, at you know, stuff. <laughs> well, what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. See, what I want you to understand is that information, 
when it is given in the wrong context, when it is given to let people know that I'm more important than I seem to be, that's being puffed up. It doesn't behave rudely. Man, okay, well, you know, I'm, I have no time for others. That's, that's, that's the thing the Lord kept telling me was that when, when you've got people who are wanting to get something from you that are wanting to have a relationship, if you're in the midst of your own ministry and it's like, I don't have time for you, but I have time for Daddy Big Bucks over here. Well, they're going to give me something. You know that I, I am trying my hardest and this is human nature. I mean, we're not talking about something that, that Satan actually gives us. This is stuff that we just come up with our own. I mean, our own vibe in life is how do I promote me? Well, you know what? I'm trying to find ways of being able to promote people who will never help me. There are people that I deal with on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, a monthly or whatever, that they don't, I don't have, they're not going to be able to help this ministry. They're not going to be able to help me at work or whatever. And if they need help, I go, well, I'll help you. Do you know that I'm trying to go more towards God's love and not my own ambitions? And see, that's one of the things that I think that when we behave rudely, when we behave badly, it's because whatever I'm about to do, I want to attach some sort of worth that you're supposed to give back to me. And see, that's not where we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to, to be rudely or seek our own because it doesn't seek its own, but it is not provoked. It thinks no evil. Do you know that, that when I start dwelling on thoughts, I think this, these two go together. Is not provoked and thinks no evil. It, it should be one sentence. I don't think there should be a comma there. Because I am provoked to thinking evil is the way that this thing goes, goes about itself. It's I have a thought and I dwell on that thought. Well, that's not love. If it's an evil thought, it's not love. And see, a lot of times we'll sit there and, well, I should be getting more. I should be getting more, more money at work. Do you know that everything that I'm seeing out of our, our social um, you know, justice warrior type mentality is all based upon what did I not get? You know, I never found anybody who said, what have I not earned? I'm looking around and going, well, you can go get a sociology degree from any college in America and you can go work for Starbucks and then you can think that you're supposed to be given something by the government or by some social, you know, or, or racial or whatever type of environment that I should get something out of this. But do you know that that's thinking evil because I now, I now am taking and saying, how do I puff this up? What are the things that I'm envying for? See, love doesn't do that. Love is looking for, how can I help you? I choose you. And then it says, it does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, and hopes all things. 
It endures all things. It works. How many people know that love is an act of working towards someone else? See, that's what 1 Corinthians is all about. 1 Corinthians is not about you being loved. I'm going to say that again. Because most people, they go, I'm going to apply this to my life and I want people to see how God loves me through 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That is not true. This is about what you are doing to choose others. And see, we need to understand that because when we start looking at love, a lot of times we're looking for the paycheck. We're looking for the next thing that that somebody's supposed to be giving us. Well, I gave into you. Why didn't you give back into me? You know, there's people that have given to this ministry and praise God for them that there's no way I can give back to them. There's nothing to give to them. They're not coming here so I can't feed them the word. I, I can't do anything. But you know, they did it out of the goodness of their heart, the love of God. They chose to give even though they knew they were going to get nothing back from us. Praise God for that. They're walking in the God kind of love. But do you know that I've actually known people when we were at VCF, there was people that like gave for like some sort of ramp. I remember this story. It was like they gave for some sort of ramp for, for a, um, I guess it was a wheelchair ramp or something. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, I didn't like what was going on at the church. I want my money back for the wheelchair ramp. Well, that means that, well, if I give money, you have to preach what I like or you have to let me do whatever I want to do. Well, that's not the, that's not the contract. The contract is, is that I love and I'm not looking for something in return. And see, when we do, then we get into anger and strife and resentment. And so it's hard work to love. And we have to know that a choice is I'm going to give my 100%. I can't, I can't go to Heather because I love her and I go, well, you know what? I need $50 from you this week because um, I didn't feel as loved. There was $50 worth of a hole in my love. So, so if you just give me the $50, that would make us even. Well, if that was the way all this worked, I would probably be shelling out thousands of dollars towards her every single week because there's weeks when I'm like running around doing all this stuff and she's love personified. Do you know that there are times in our lives where we're going to love on people and we're going to get nothing back. They're going to love on us and they're going to get nothing back. See, it's a choice. The God kind of love says, I love you even though you're not being lovely. Strength and knowledge of love. So this Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16, it says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. This goes back to spirit, soul, and body. We got saved. We became a new creature in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. So the inner man, God's spirit that's on the inside of every Christian, it's teaching us stuff. And it says in verse 17 that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you might be rooted and grounded in love. Now, I, I had an error point out to this tree. So 
Mom, make sure that we get this on the live stream. But do you notice that the root system is bigger than the tree? You know that a healthy tree has the double size of the amount of roots as it has branches. You know why that is? It's because it's not like the tree that fell in my Aunt Cheryl's house that was a big root ball. Killed the house, right? Do you know that every single time we get rooted in God's love and who He is and who we are in Christ Jesus, that means that our whole root system will grow bigger than what you see on the outside. Now, let me ask you a question. I'm a pretty big man. But I had to have some pretty big feet. I have size 14 feet. You know that a lot of people are like, you've got really big feet, Dusty. I actually think I need like size 18 shoes in order to be able to carry me around. Because my whole body needs a firm foundation. Well, do you know that everything that we do when we don't have the love of God and we don't, that we don't build our spirit, soul, and body to where our mind, will, and emotions can know the difference between, between what's in the world and what's in our spirit. If we don't have a firm foundation in our mind, then guess what's going to happen? We're going to fall over. Do you know that we have to have a root system that is grounded in love? That means the agape kind of love, it just, it's so strong as a foundation that the wind can be blowing and it can blow our, the limbs out of the trees. But guess what? Next year there's going to be more limbs that's going to come. You know, we moved into a, a, the house that we have now and we had like 10 big, like pin oaks. And we had this huge storm that come through and I was standing in our, in our um, if you've been to our house, we have a, um, like a, a dining room and there was this big, big picture window. I'm looking out there, and the two big pine pin oaks that are out there, their their limbs, you know, look like this tree right here, big and full. But every time one of these big gusts would happen, it would fold the tree together. And on one side, it would be like just you could see the trunk, and on the other side, it was all of the branches. Do you know that in that I watched that tree, and I thought that thing's going to fall down. You know, the root system, when we cut those things down, they were there. It wasn't coming down. It didn't matter if a tornado hit those trees. It might cut it off the foundation, but the root system was so strong that it wasn't going to blow it over. You know, it was rooted and grounded in a firm foundation. And we have to be rooted and grounded in a firm foundation of the God kind of love that chooses to love even when it's unlovely. And it says here in verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length, depth and height to know the love of Christ which passeth all understanding. So I have a picture here. There's a difference between having all the puzzle pieces and knowing how to put them together. See, I can have all the knowledge in the world. I can go read the word. I can, go, I can go and be a part of Bible studies and I can go do all this stuff. But until I actually know how to put all the pieces together, I don't have an experience. So I can have the knowledge, but I have to have an experience. See, I think that's where most of the Christian world is at, is they have a lot of knowledge. 
We have some churches. I mean, I've heard some stories this week about some. There's people who have just insurmountable amounts of knowledge, but they don't have an experience. If Jesus came up and smacked them in the mouth, they wouldn't know who he is. They've never experienced Jesus. They've never had Jesus in their heart. They've never, ever, ever known what God really is all about. What they do is they go read the word and they create doctrines around it and they see this doctrine and they go tell people about the doctrine and they're very learned. But they don't have an experience where it was like, I knew Jesus taught to me. I knew Jesus said something to me. You know that the moment that happens, it's like this picture here. You got all these puzzle pieces and then all of a sudden you have an experience with Jesus and it's like, it's like the 500 piece puzzle comes together. I get to see clearly the love of God. See, I can sit here and I can say love is a choice, that the God kind of love is a choice. And everybody will go, well, I choose stuff all the time. And it's like, well, when, when it gets hard, do you stop? Well, yeah. Do you know that when, when we choose something and it gets hard, that's when we need to keep choosing it. When we know that God has called us and when he said something to us and we just keep going, we're, we're choosing to, to choose and to choose and to choose. You know, we were talking about this today. Um, my mom said to me and Heather, because last night, 25th wedding anniversary for Brad and Selena, we went and we were, there was all these people who was talking about they've never heard a crossword come from Brad and Selena. Well, you know, Heather and I have been married 25 years back last August. See, they were more special because they, they, they actually have their anniversary on Valentine's Day, the God, God's Love Day, you know. But us, we, we were back way in the, the dirty, you know, August months, you know. But no, I'm kidding because I'm looking at it and going, you know, we, we haven't had any crosswords. I mean, Mom actually said, well, I haven't heard y'all get upset. You know that the, the reason for that is because we both decided a long, long time ago to not let things just blow up. We experienced each other. There was something that happened. I'm not going to get into it because I'll make Reba and, and Heather cry about it. But there was someone who passed away that was very close to them that they had had uh, you know, a lot of experience with. And Heather told me about it. We moved on. Well, then later on, the Holy Spirit just kind of quickened me to ask her. So I, she seems okay. I asked her about it. All of a sudden, she broke down and cried. We had a moment. We hugged everything. And it was like, if you need to talk more about this, we're going to do that. Do you know that at the end of that, it was like it was like it was another part of my five senses. It was like a sixth sense to me to know when she was being bothered by something. Do you know why? It's because I just didn't have the, the you know, we were watching Tim Allen and he goes, I just don't understand women. I don't understand the, the aspects of why women do what they do. Well, you know what? It's because they're, you, you're not going to understand every woman. Sorry. If you're a guy out there and you're looking to understand every woman, they're all different. But you know what? I understand this one. This this one right here, Heather, I, I know her inside and out. I, I can tell you every, like, I know what she's going to like, what she's going to dislike. I've been with her for over 27 years. 
I know her. You know that in everything that we have done, she will tell us, she, she will actually, you know, I, I, will, I will know that if somebody says something, especially if it has to do with a dog or a cat or something like that, she's not an animal person. So I'll be like, no, we're not going to do that with an animal. You know that that is just a part of the many things. And my family have become very in tune with that, right? <laughs> my, kids, my kids were, when they were younger, it was like, well, you need to get them a dog. And it was like, you don't understand. This is a non-negotiable. Y'all have dogs and we'll send our kids to you. But do you know that experience allowed everybody else to start knowing more about my wife? I'm not really picking on her because I want to pick on her, but... I know her more than I know anybody in here. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that the love of God, the choosing, is that there was times there were certain things that I had to choose to love her over those circumstances. She had to choose to love me over circumstances. And you know what? We were just fine. You know, when I hear people say, well, you can't, you know, well, I had uh, ear... Um, Irreconcilable differences. And that's why we got, we got divorced. And I go, okay. Why? What, what was the big deal? Oh, we just didn't see eye to eye on certain things. And it was like, well, you decided to quit choosing. That, that was just, the, that was just the, the fact of the matter. Is you said, I don't choose you anymore because of this. Because when it got hard, I decided to stop. So in order to know the length and the width and the depth of love, you have to have an experience because it goes past knowledge. See, if, I, if, I, if knowledge is here and experience is over here, I've got to go past it. I've got to learn something in order to be able to understand the length and the width and the depth. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God Verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly above, abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. There's a power in us. When we start allowing the love of God to start at, coming out, I can tell you time after time after time that I've not only saw people that were able to love through things, but I also saw God change things. You know, I've seen that happen overnight. I've got a friend of mine. He was having a problem with his daughter and she was going in a really wrong path. And we started, I talked to him. There was some stuff that he needed to change because he wanted to, he had a lot of knowledge, but he did not want to experience some stuff with his daughter. He did not want to know everything that his daughter had done. And I had talked with him and we had prayed and you know, he had a heart change and we prayed about it. We prayed about the daughter. Do you know that the next morning without him even prompting, the daughter had not talked to him in months, calls him, says, dad, this weekend, I'd like to get with you. And he calls me up. He's like, what just happened? I was like, God intervened. But do you know why God intervened? Because, I mean, a lot of people go, well, I had things happen exactly the same way. You know what? He changed and she changed because they went from knowledge to experience. They wanted to get to know each other. 
Because deep down in her heart, she wanted to know her daddy, and her daddy wanted to know her. But there were roadblocks where there were non-negotiables. But you know what? Sometimes you got to go, we, we got we to gotta negotiate over that. We got to get past that in order so that we see eye to eye with each other. Because there's power in his name. There is power in his love. There is power in prayer. There is power in knowing who he is. Because he will show you where to go next. It says in verse 21, it says, To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is a promise. If you look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, this right here, if we're rooted and grounded, if we know the width, length, depth, and all of that in His love, if we understand that we have the exceeding power of God that's on the inside of us to make change, then it's not just for the people that were back then. It's forever and ever and ever. Guess what? He's going to come back. This is going to be the exact same thing. You know, in heaven, all this is going to be, people think it's going to be automatic. But you know what? If you go read the last book of Revelations before everything gets filled out, do you know there's actually going to be people? Go read the end of Revelations. God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. There's going to be people. So there's going to have to be things that's going to have to happen. This is going to be a part of the way that we live even in heaven. We're going to be rooted and grounded in love and we're going to know those depths and we're going to continue. See, a lot of people think we're just going to die, we're going to go to heaven and it's going to be like, I'm now just a monotone robot. I only understand the love of God. No, you're going to have to, you're, you're going to see the love of God. You're going to be near the love of God. You're going to have the love of God and guess what's going to happen? You're going to experience it in a way that you, that, you can experience here, but it's going to be so much greater. But then there's going to be generations that God's going to have and create that's going to be on the earth. This is, this is things that, we, that, that I, I like to talk about because I think, that, I think that we need to understand who we are in Christ Jesus because that's who we're going to have to live as the rest of our lives. It may be a little bit easier after we're dead or after... Or after Jesus comes back. But this is truth. The love of God is something that is going to have to be experienced. All right, last slide here. And I'm going to get us out of here. So we have strength and knowledge. Romans 5, 6 through 8, it says, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For uh, scarcely for the righteous man... uh, Man will one die, yet perhaps for a, a good man should show one die. But God demonstrated his own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know that we have people who, for the president, will go and get in front of a bullet. But you're not going to see that for someone who's homeless. In fact, If somebody says, hey, this rich person over here died, they were shot, they were killed, whatever it was, we all go, oh, that was so sad. And then if we hear about the the homeless person that died, and it was like, well, you know, that makes sense. They lived on the street. They ate garbage. 
I know, I mean, true. I mean, we, we, we don't see that in the paper. Nobody's sitting there having vigils and talking about how great. I mean, Betty White dies. Oh, my gosh. There was people having flipping come aparts because she was like three months away from 100. And I'm thinking the woman was 99 years old. But there was people who was like, I can't stand the universe. They didn't let her live for another three months or whatever it was. I'm going, yeah, that was something that overtook every social media, took over everything. Do you know that Christ came and died not for just the people who are super rich, wealthy, famous, that lived to be 99, that they were going to have parties when they turned 100. Do you know that he came for the person that's living on the street? They came for the person that's, uh, you know, in the midst of the worst time in their, their lives. God sent Jesus for everyone. So the strength of God is in knowing that he's there for the people who are in their worst weakness. The strength of God is there to bring people from nothing to something. But see, we have to understand the knowledge of God. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through 10, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for, the, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God, He who does not love God does not know God, for God is love. God equals love. If you go take any math class and they give you a word problem, is is an equal. See, what we have to understand is God chooses us. He is love. In verse 9 it says, In this the love of God was manifest toward us, that God had sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Verse 10 says, And this is the love, not that we loved God. So, so there was nobody on the earth going, I love God and that's why you should bring Jesus. In fact, all of the religious people, were, when Jesus came, what did they do? Stone him. Kill him. They wanted to keep the same, the same good old boys club going. But it wasn't because we first loved him. It was because he first loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He, he nullified our sins. In Jesus, God no longer sees our sin. He sees Jesus. Jesus went and painted God's glasses. So now when he, God puts the spectacles on and he looks at Reba and Charlie, he goes, oh, I don't see your sin. I see a son and a daughter. Do you know that that is so awesome? Because God can't see anything but a son and a daughter. Well, did, did God know you sin? Well, God knows everything. But now he doesn't see you as just a sinner, just a, a good for nothing sinner. He sees you as a son and a daughter. And you know what? That makes a difference. Because how many people know that if your son and daughter messes up, you're still going to love them. You're still going to choose them. You know, that's one of the things I want you to understand. Number one takeaway today is that God is not looking at you to labor for Him. God wants you to love Him 
because he first loved you. He wants you to know that you're a son and a daughter. God wants you to be in the family more than he wants to just have somebody who works hard for him. Now let me ask you a question. Should we work for the Lord? The answer is yes. But we should do it as a part of the family. By the way, if you need to go take out the trash, then you do it out of love, son, when we get home. You got to go take out the trash when we get home. But do it in love. Don't, you know, this is not, I haven't taken my belt off yet. But but you've got to, you got to remember that, that doing stuff for God shouldn't be a chore. It should be who we are. Amen. Amen. I got one last thing here. God's strength got us to love. God's knowledge gets us to working through us. If you want God to work through you, know the knowledge of God and experience it. Amen. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray over each and every person that is here. I thank you, Father, that there are that there are going to be times and seasons for everything, but that we love on you in every time, whether it is good, bad, whether we have to whether we have to trudge through something, Father, in the world, I thank you, dear Lord, that you are constantly bringing the first love back to us. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that there's going to be opportunities this week for them to go and choose others. And they'll have to work hard. They'll have to be patient, Father. They'll have to know how to deal with people. But, Father, I just want them to know that you first loved them. That they're not working or going and talking to people because because they have to, but because of the love of God. The the love of God is now causing them. It's going to just rise up in them. They're going to say, I have been loved by God so much. I'm going to give this love back to others. And so, Father, I pray that you put people in their path, that they can have great relationships with this week that they can not just minister the love of God to, but also have good relationships and good uh, interactions with, Father. And Father, I pray over everybody as we're dismissing that they go out, they have the best week that they've ever had. We just love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Y'all are all dismissed.